0: now welcome to the cattoons podcast i'm your host katherine corelli On this podcast, I'm gonna talk about the stories behind my songs, the production tools that I've used, the production methods that I've employed, the instruments that I've played, the instruments that I've discovered, the arrangement methods that I've used, the real-life stories which precipitated the creation of my entire albums or of my separate tracks. So let's jump right into it, shall we? And uh, welcome, you listening to the Cattoons Podcast. Today is the 26th episode, and uh, on this episode we are going to be talking about a song called A Geo, Coherence Dissolution, uh, from the Seraphic Tears album. It is the 12th track on this album, and actually this happens to be the breaking point, exactly when Lilith finally lashes out and she leaves Adam. A geo Coherence Dissolution marks exactly that breaking point. It's not when she's already out, and it's not right before that. It's exactly, precisely that point. And it is delivered in a sort of, you could say, a strange fashion, because again, a geo is one of those songs which is bilingual. So you have verses in Russian, again, just like in Silentium. You have verses in Russian, which, are, which don't bring much clarity because they're all metaphoric, very metaphoric, very abstract. And then you have hooks that actually clarify the point and drive drive the point home, and the hooks are in English. Well, and of course the word adieu isn't an English word, it's a French word that we do understand. So, uh, the song starts out with Lilith saying adieu Adam, adieu, in sort of a low subdued voice. and you know, you could think that she says it that way, because it's the night, and uh, it's very quiet, and she's leaving quietly, or at least she's trying to leave quietly. We don't know that, but we sort of suspect it. It's implied. Let's put it this way, it's implied. And then we are diving into the first verse, and just like with Silentium, I'm going to read the uh, Russian lyrics. Чуть дождя, чуть проснуться, немного не вспомнить встать, из сонного мутного вкуса... A little bit of rain, a little bit of waking up, a little bit of not remembering to get up, and some of the sleepy, blurry flavor off the edge to lick. That's what it means. Then it goes again, agio agio, and in a quite a frantic way because in the song, uh, everything all of a sudden, actually on the first verse, everything goes into like overdrive mode all of a sudden. Because the song starts, generally speaking, fairly quietly uh, in a very in a rather somber, mysterious place but then it escalates throughout the first uh, verse and then on whatever... You know, these two words basically comprise the first hook or so it feels, at least and the first major, majorly active uh, sec- sequence in this song and they're just adieu, adieu, goodbye, goodbye. Then there is the second verse that says Пар пройдет, я развею, длиной рукава махну, древней египетской шеей, рельсы с краю. Пар пройдет, я развею, means the steam will pass, meaning that it will be over. The steam or fog, mostly it's, it's meant as steam here, so the steam will pass, meaning the steam will subside, it will be over. Я развею. I will disperse it. I will dissolve it. With the length of my sleeve shall I wave. That's what it means. That's quite the metaphor. Think about it. Almost like by the means of an ancient Egyptian neck shall I stitch the rail tracks It's difficult to translate but you get it with a or by means of an ancient egyptian neck shall i you could say shall i weave the rail tracks or shall i stitch um shall i stitch the rail tracks so this is the second verse and then after that again adieu adieu we're going into the um, well what's alleged to be a hook, but quickly we realize it is only a bridge, it's not exactly the hook. And then after that we're diving into a hook which says listen you what I say is adieu. Fucking listen you what I say is adieu. Adieu. And that's it. That's the whole hook. There is you know, everything is on the surface. There is no like deep, profound meaning to it. It's it's straightforward, it's up front and it's very in your face. Then there is a third uh, verse, which actually concludes the original poem, which was written again in roughly speaking, circa 1997-1998, the original Russian poem. This third verse in Agio actually concludes that original poem, which further became the song. Right? Глянь за плечи налево, так как забудешь май, с вагоном, смело убегай, убегай. So, what it says is Gлянь за налево Take a look behind the shoulders to the left Just like you will forget May Meaning the month of May Just like you will forget May With the train car And with the station platform Courageously Run away To winter It's not INTO winter, it's not FOR winter, it is specifically TO winter. Because we're treating, in this poem, we're treating winter as a living creature, as a living being. So, TO winter. Once again, so, take a look, take a glance behind the shoulders. It's not indicated behind whose shoulders, perhaps behind my shoulders, to the left. So, Lilith is talking to Adam. Well, I'm using an old uh, an old poem of mine, which didn't have to do anything with Lilith and Adam, but you get the metaphor. So it's like, I'm talking, if I'm Lilith, I'm talking to the man in front of me. And I'm telling him, look, take a look behind the shoulders, to the left. Which means like, instead of looking me in the eyes, look to the left, behind my left shoulder. And then I'm adding to that, takak как забудешь май. Just like you will forget, me, meaning, just like you will forget the spring, and spring is associated with rebirth and growth and you know everything, um, Mother Nature awakening, right? Just like you will forget May, with the train car and with the station platform, courageously run to winter. Well, what is implied here is run back into the embraces of winter, and winter is associated with uh, death, stagnation, uh, or deep sleep you could say, but you get it then there is again the bridge that reiterates the same message, adio, adieu, adio, four times, then again there is the same exact hook, there are no variations with the lyrics on the hook, again, listen you what I say is adio, fucking listen you what I say is adieu, adieu and it is saying, uh, it is being performed with some grit, there is no explicit screaming like like I did screaming on the Kill the Live album where there was actual, guttural screaming, you know Uh, Death Metal style. No, this is just some rasp. I'm singing with heat and I'm making those notes, those high notes really ring and hit home. And then the whole song concludes after all of this, you know, crazy pumping energy, heavy-hitting energy and all the riffing and all of that music. After that storm is over, in the end, Lilith says, I will not lie below. Why does she say this? Now, one might imply that Lilith is sort of making a blanket statement that she would not, that she would not lie under any man. But the way I have interpreted this, back in the day when I was writing this song back in 2010, when I was writing "Geo Coherence Dissolution," what I meant here is that I, as Lilith, I will not lie under a man, under a weak man, because a weak man cannot be cannot be on top of me. A weak man does not deserve that, only a strong man deserves that. So, as I said before, I've explained this, right? I was living out my sort of Lilith archetype through the... Uh, through breaking up with my... with a man whom I loved tremendously. And uh, I was... I walked out on him. So I walked out on him because I realized that it's a futile attempt for me to, you know, to try to drag him to some semblance of happiness or whatever, because he himself is too weak, he's unwilling to grow, which to me translated into, so you are weak, so you are a a weak man, because you do not want to take on the challenge of self-improvement. You don't want to do that for yourself, not for me, for yourself. You're not doing that regardless of whatever whatever amount of love am I pouring at you, that doesn't do nothing to you. So, you're a weak man. And because, you're, because you are a weak man, therefore you do not deserve me. A weak man does not deserve me. That was the message. And that's why I will not lie below it appears here in the last lines. It has nothing to do, it has absolutely nothing to do with any radical feminist ideas about that you know, women are superior to men or that, you know, um, that, you know, blanket statements like that. No, it pertains specifically to weak men, weak men who do not have the courage, who do not have the power, who do not have the confidence and the competence to handle a woman. you can't handle, then I'm not going to be around, basically, that's the message of the song. And Lilith leaves, just like I've left back in, um, 2009. Just like I've left my boyfriend, the man that I've loved tremendously, Lilith leaves. And this is where the song ends. And uh, now that I've explained, the, no, that actually explained the context of the song and what's actually happening here and hopefully translated the lyrics, you know, a little bit, regardless of the lawnmower that's working in the back, um, we can jump into the music analysis, shall we? get into the music analysis and the song starts with a mysterious uh, pad that actually doesn't have doesn't have a an clear and obvious pitch. It's sort of in the ballpark of C sharp but not necessarily it's all over the place. It has way too many overtones to it. Then the next thing that happens is that we have a vocal, actually two vocals, two backing vocals that indicate some sort of harmony up there. And you might think that we're in major. That's the purpose of it, because it sounds... melismatic accents, it sounds like we're going to go into a major key. Namely, it feels like we're in C major. But then, all of that is being just ripped away all of a sudden by the guitars and the bass that kick in and all of a sudden tear it. And then all of a sudden. drums keep playing Then the drums increase This is basically the intro. So the only thing that that plucked guitar is playing on top is this, Now all that happens on C sharp. So all of a sudden it's not a C major, we're not in a major key at all, we're in some bizarre key that fluctuates between minor and major, but even when it sounds kind of sort of major it still sounds very tense, because here's what happens. This is a C sharp, right, and the guitars, they're playing this low, that's what they're doing. Right? So they're playing the C sharp and they're not, the guitars are not indicating the third. So it's nowhere to be seen. It's not indicating the lower register if there is an E or if there is an E sharp. We don't know that. But uh, the only spot where it is being sort of hinted is in this plucked guitar, which first plays here, it plays the third, it plays an E and then a G sharp sounds like minor, but then the next phrase... This is what it sounds like. Now, why does this happen? Well, this is actually borrowed from... All of a sudden, it's not a C-sharp minor. We sort of deviated into C-sharp major Lydian. So, you have a G, a clean G, and you have a B-sharp which creates this uh, this fourth up here. Your brain sort of fills in the blanks and this is what it sounds like. If it was fully uh, a fully fledged chord, you would have a C sharp, you would have an E sharp, then you would have a G, a clean G, and then you would have a B sharp. It sounds tense. It sounds major, but it is very tense. It's like a bright bright sunny day and something horrible is happening right in front of your eyes. That's what it is. Then it repeats itself. It goes back into minor. Again. And then the last fourth phrase. And that's, that's um, when our suspicion is confirmed. Because we felt, on the second phrase, we felt like we've deviated into, major, into a major key. And so we did. How do we know this? Because when the melody goes up, it goes first to a C-sharp, but then it leaps down, not into an E, but into an E-sharp, so these, this sort of faceless but very rhythmic punch in the gut, in the beginning, right in the beginning, in the guitars and in the bass, doesn't tell us anything, but everything is being told in that plucked lead that floats atop of all of this. Then we're going into the first verse, and uh, vocally, there is nothing really going on. It's basically, I'm just reading the, declaring the poem, so to speak. There is practically almost no singing, sort of off-pitch, all of it which is intentional and then uh, what happens in the uh, guitars and in the bass is this so first of all we're not playing this on the first beat on the downbeat we're playing right after the downbeat basically the chord progression um, roughly speaking the riff as emulated on a piano, uh, that runs through the verse and what's going there what's going on there is this it's a C sharp Then it's an A major and an inversion of the A major that goes down. then we have an F major all of a sudden. Then a G sharp major that goes into a D major, which leads us back into the C sharp, whatever that is, minor or major. itself twice, and then after that we're going into the first active riff, and the vocal goes into... with a pretty chaotic sort of like melismatic addition to it, but these two notes are consistent, so the vocal is singing, it sounds first, if you pluck that melody out, it sounds like the vocal is singing a different key, as if we're, the vocal is in A minor or something, whereas in reality it's not the case. It's sort of not immediately obvious, because what goes on in the riff is this. This is what the guitars and the bass are playing and of course they they' are playing an embellished version of it so it's not single notes it's you know sometimes fives and sixths um, because there are two guitars that are playing this so for the sake of making it juicier there are there is you know a different voicing it's not a single note that happens there and that way you get a wall a thick meaty wall of sound there but however the bassline the bass line starts with C sharp a C sharp bum bum so it goes to an A then it's a C C sharp C then a C upwards an octave F e F D back to C sharp C sharp. C sharp, C. Again, an octave up to a C. A, C, B, A, C, 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 A, C, B, A. You see what happens there? So, on the face of it, if I play it somewhere higher, right, somewhere here. doesn't exactly sound like we're in C sharp minor anymore. It sort of sounds like we are maybe in some sort of A scale, maybe we're in A major, maybe we're in A minor. You see the point. So this is one of these situations when you have a riff that is sort of in a modular state. It depends on how do you hear it, because it is written in a a way that you could, sure, you could understand it in the context of C-sharp minor, it still will fit, you know, C-sharp minor harmonic with um, an additional a low fourth. Uh, you can interpret this as an F instead of an E-sharp, right? And all of a sudden this is, an, this is the low fourth, this is the E, and yeah, sure enough, if it's sort of Phrygian-ish, right, you have a D, a plain a D, Then you have a C-sharp. So if you play this scale up and down, that's what you get. C-sharp, D, a clean D, a Phrygian D. Then you have an E, then you have an F-plane. Then you have maybe, even though it's not used here, a G-sharp, an A, a B, and a B-sharp. So you can dissect it and imagine it this way, right? perceive it in the key of C-sharp minor, or you can imagine it uh, in the key of A-minor. The same notes. If you play it from A, here's what you get. You get an A, you get a B, you get a C, then you probably get a D-flat, if we name it that way, then you got an E, F, G-sharp, A. it's a very weird minor with this additional 4th, low 4th, so you can see it both ways, doesn't matter. The vocal up here. Keep singing just this 6th. The vocal doesn't really do anything other than that. It's just two notes that shape everything else. Now, after this uh, first bridge, as we discover later, it was just a bridge, it wasn't even a hook, we're returning back to the verse. So, the the second verse is basically a repetition of the first verse riff. Then we're going back to, again, Adieu. So, again, it's the same riff. Twice or or however many times it's been played. Uh, Then after that, we're going into a different riff, which goes like this. is rather way towards a C sharp. Uh, is it a major or a minor? Well, that depends on how do you hear it again, because here's what you got here. You got a C sharp, E, E sharp, B sharp. Could be major, could be minor. You can see this is a, just a chromatic passage. The E, E sharp, B sharp. Then again, C sharp. We're reinstating the root uh, the root note, the root, the root of the key, C sharp. But then this time, G, G sharp, D. Again, the repetition of the first one, C sharp, E, E sharp, B sharp. Then, C sharp, E, E, D. So E, E, D. So we're in Phrygian, a Phrygian whatever, you know, Phrygian minor, maybe. Does it sit in major? Sure. So, and this is going to be a recurring riff. Uh, It plays for quite a while. Hi, but anyways. So, what's happening? In the hook. That's approximately what's happening there. I'm not going to replicate exactly the rhythm because the rhythm is. Uh, it sort of goes. There is a pattern I can sort of, you know, see say this rhythm. Um the notes there are we're sitting on an E, basically in both guitars and the bass F back to E again F G D And on top of this, the melody that happens is... keeping the whole rhythm thing because I can't play precisely that rhythm. I'm just giving you the feel of where the bass line goes, what the harmony does. And you see it's sort of odd because the vocal is uh, the vocal sort of stays in the context of a C sharp minor, you know, a harmonic C sharp minor. with this additional uh, E sharp, right? G, G J-Shop It feels like we have gotten out of the context of C sharp minor or A minor, and hell knows where are we right now. Sort of feels like we're in E minor, almost, or E major for that reason. We don't know. Then again, it it switches back to this walking rhythm, which has the C sharp at the bottom of it, right? Deliberate tension here in this walking riff. Uh, first of all, there are these large intervals. It starts at the bottom, then you have a little bit of chromatic something here, a half tone, and then a large leap up, a fifth from this note, right? Again, again, this time again, half tone, and then after that it goes up here, so that. Between these, um, between the extreme notes, between the notes at the extremes of this phrase, you have a C sharp and you've got a, a D. That's why you get this dissonant sort of vibe coming from this riff. And then it s- switches again back into the hook, and that hook goes again. And
1: again. Listen, you
0: Not gonna scream up there, but you get the point. And then there is this other section somewhere in the middle when everything sort of goes quiet, and uh, there are just you know the remnants of the drums and the bass plays <laughs> this weird thing that goes on top of the riff that we already know. This one. So, it's almost like, and it's deliberate, you know, it's, it's deliberate. This plucked guitar that plays this strange phrase, it's comprised... You see what's happening there? You have three fourths, and they start from a note that you wouldn't expect to happen in C-sharp, at least not in a consistent phrase, like that, right? So, it's a D... A, E, B, C, C, B, C, C. D, A, E, B, C, C, B, C, C. And that's how it goes, and it happens on top of this can't play it all together with both hands it's way too difficult pardon me but you get the point then after that uh there is again an escalation of this riff so it becomes just meteor and this and this little phrase just goes back into the distance and there are other um other voices that are showing up other guitar (sighs) other guitar voices and um phrases that show up in the back and vocals are you know ramping up again and then we hit the sort of again this thing And the guitar plays in the back
1: <laughs> you?
0: while this thing goes on in the bass. So it's um it's quite complicated. So there is no it's it's pretty chaotic. Let's put it this way: because everybody's doing their own thing, the whole rhythm section with. Um, the guitars and the bass are doing their thing, the vocal is trying to do sort of floats on top of all this chaotic motion and is doing its own thing. Almost it feels as if it's doing its thing in a different key. And then you also have this additional guitar, plucked guitar, that hovers somewhere over there and it does its own little thing, sort of still reiterating that weird little phrase from the middle of the song. Which almost sounds like what is it doing there? But that's the whole point. What is it doing there? Because Lilith realized it's it's almost like she's looking back and she's like well what was I doing there? Even I should have been out of there a lot earlier. And uh, then we are hitting the last hooks and it's basically again the repetition of the same story. Then it all dies off and rolls off, and uh, basically that is the analysis of the song. It's difficult to lay it out in a more sort of standardized fashion. You can't really talk about stuff like this in terms of like chord progressions, chord chains, because for the most part it's rather riff oriented. There's a lot of these riffs, and you rather think in, ter- in terms of scales and modular scales, modular scales. Or, rather, the conjunction of various pieces of scales that create a certain mood. That's how a Geo was written. That's how a Geo was written, so you can see that this is not the type of song that has like a consistent, you know, a consistent chord progression, something like that, you know. You don't have it here. You can imagine certain chords in certain places sort of filling the blanks, whatever your imagination tells you. And um, once again it's deliberate. Um, it's just a different type of song altogether. And um, there is plenty of weird experimental stuff going on in this album, the Certificus album, so I think it should not be really surprising. With that being said, This is the music analysis of the Geo Coherence Dissolution, and let's move on to the next section, shall we? So this was the music analysis of A Geo Coherence Dissolution and, uh, you know, for the most part all of the analysis of this piece and there is really nothing else to say other than that this is basically part one of the climax on this album. This is the climactic point. It's sort of split into two parts because you could see A Geo as part one and then the fallout. and. sort of like a continuation of the climactic point and then the fallout there's a continuation of Adieu, the next song which is Free so Adieu and Free, they sort of... they are the closing tracks on this album, they conclude the entire album, they they conclude the whole story Lilith is finally Free on the next uh, track on the next song, but this is perhaps the most energetic, the most violent the most bitter song, actually, on the whole album. Everything leads up to this point, and then at this point everything crashes, Lilith finally flies away from Adam, from Adam, and it's basically game over. So I don't think there is really anything else to add to this other than everything else is gonna show up on the next track, on the next song, on the 13th track, which is gonna conclude the Sir of Tears album. So, with that being said, um, if you have not heard any of my music yet, if you're just fresh to my podcast and you did not have an opportunity to discover my music, I would encourage you to go and discover it. You can find Catherine Corelli, Catherine with a C, Corelli with a C on any major streaming platform, be that Amazon or Spotify, it might be Deezer, it might be iTunes or Apple Music, whichever you prefer. Uh, just look for me and um, you can even find my music on YouTube and uh, while you're on YouTube you can also discover my cat talk series where I, for the most part talk about everything that is not exactly related to music and sometimes I talk about music alright um, also I got a playlist where I am just as is sort of like a sneak peek behind the scenes in my my process my recording process That is the Cat Vibes playlist. You might want to follow that if you admire my music and if you like what I do, actually. I would appreciate that. And um, thank you for checking me out. Thank you for joining this podcast and um, spending your time here. I really do appreciate this. If you want to find some of my merch or some of my products, go to my website called catcorelli.us. It is catcorelli.us. U.S. and you will find my products and uh, my merch and other links something you might want to explore also too, if you have any questions if you have any suggestions if you want to leave me a lengthy comment something along those lines you can reach out to me directly at ladycatherinecarelli at gmail.com it is ladycatherinecarelli at gmail.com and uh, leave me your lengthy comment because sometimes comments are really lengthy you know how it is so thank you very much i appreciate you checking on my podcast i love you and uh, you will hear me on the next episode (whistles) No.